0: welcome back to this week's episode of girls are players too. I'm Brooklyn and I'm Heather. And this week we have a guest host.
1: I'll let Mom introduce her. Samantha Clark. Hey Sam.
2: Hey. How are you? Good, how are you? Good.
1: So for those of you who don't know Sam, um Sam and I met through dance. The girls dance together. Um, and then we found out that we went to church together. Um, a little bit background on Samantha. She was born in Niagara Falls, New York. She's been married to Rico for almost 19 years. Um, she has her bachelor's degree in organizational leadership. She currently works in the billing department at a healthcare software company. But really, her passion is music and songwriting. So, Sam, Welcome. Thank you. It's going to be fun you. today. Um, before we get started, though, I want to tell a funny story. Um, Sam has been producing at the church for a while. She's fabulous. She's started out doing some of the lights. Did you do anything else on the production team before the lights?
2: Yeah, I was um, a part of the stage crew. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you kind of started worked your way up. Mm-hmm a producer. Yeah. Well, each role is important
1: because it was on my heart to serve a little bit. I decided I wanted to do the lights and you convinced me that I could figure this out. And we had so much fun, like learning how to do it. But the first time that like, I don't know if I had control or if I was still sitting, I don't even know, but both of us were up
2: there. I had control. I'm going to have to take that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I remember Brooklyn and Catherine were sitting in front of us. And the little board in the wall, it wasn't us. It wasn't even the electrical board. It was like something to do with like those wall circuits. Kept killing the lights. Mm -hmm. Remember they kept going off, like the whole church's lights kept going on and off. And Brooklyn, I remember, kept turning around and like her and Catherine were just dying laughing. But at one point, I guess we thought we had it figured out. I don't know. Because her and I, as as we're giggling but panicking in the same (laughs) concept, I remember you were like, push that button right there.
2: Do you remember this? Yeah. So I felt like we had it figured out and we were in the clear. Um, and I wanted to give you your confidence back (laughs) to know that if you push the button, it was going to do what we had instructed it to do. So I, you didn't want to press it. So I grabbed your hand and made you press it. And then the lights did not do what we expected. (laughs) They went all black. They went all black again. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That was hilarious. The fact that they ever invited me back again (laughs) after that, there's something to be said. I wonder how many times, I bet the lights went on and off.
0: Mom, remember when you fogged up the stage?
2: (gasps) I did do that. Were you there that day? Yeah, that's a hard one though, because you have to get the fan on the right speed and put it in the right place. So that is a hard one to kind of figure out when you're first trying it out.
1: Well, for those listening... (laughs) The haze machine is really what sometimes allows the lights to look like laser beams almost. It really kind of adds. and It
0: reflects off of it. It
1: does. It reflects off of it. That's a good good way to put it. But I could not figure out the machine to save my life. And I think we even had a new machine. That was the issue. The new machine. And you have to turn the fans to the certain speeds. And with that fan, I wasn't really aware of what I was supposed to be doing. And I guess I didn't have it
2: either i had it turned up too high i don't know what i had done you likely had the fan turned not turned down where it wasn't spreading the haze across the stage well but well, normally we try to keep it the same but with that new machine we hadn't figured out what was right well it yet. was the way
1: i compare it was like a david copperfield magic trick and I forget, it might have been Jordan. I think it was Jordan that was actually singing at okay. the time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all of a sudden it cut on and went poof, like of all this smoke behind her to the point, like you could kind of even see it on her face. Like, did I just pop out of something? <laughs> but I like, I got so tickled. And of course on the headset, they were like, kill the haze, kill the haze. And I was like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. <laughs> so it was almost like it had to warm up. And then once it warmed up, I think it like all of a sudden just come shooting out a little bit crazy. Now that you're
2: saying this, I don't remember.
1: That. I don't know that you were there. Okay, because I don't think you were there. I wasn't
2: there because I remember
0: you said you. I wasn't there because I remember you telling me you were texting me and you were like, "You will never believe what I just did at church," <laughs> and you were like, uh, "It's live streamed. You're going to have to watch it when you get home." And I was like, "Oh," but they managed no, to edit we it never out.
1: Come back here. You again. could see. Like, you didn't necessarily see when it happened on the stage, but as it, like, panned out to the crowd, you could see, like, the big cloud of haze, like, in the Living, yeah. Yeah. But poor Joe came running up afterwards and was like, what happened? I was like, yeah, I can't figure that machine out (laughs) to save my life. Mm -hmm. But
0: I think they found out they had... You had it on the old setting for the old machine, and the new machine
1: was stronger. But we also found they were plugged into different. So the haze machine... Was plugged into the fan and vice versa. Oh, so, so what you
2: thought you were controlling was the you opposite. Were not yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: it literally was like a like I when I say it went poof, like I was like, oh my gosh!
2: <laughs> and
1: you're new anyway, and yeah. you're terrified of what's happening. So I'm trying to turn off everything you know that I possibly could kill, but oh my gosh, it was so funny. So
2: yeah, the stories was, of production yeah. is, a, is a trip.
1: Yeah. So um. Our friendships blossomed over the years. Not only have our girls gotten closer, but we've gotten closer. Um, and so one thing that I've learned about you recently is that you absolutely love music and songwriting. And that was something that you've kind of kept to yourself a little bit. So you don't let that be known. Um, so tell me, what kind of got you into music and
2: songwriting? Um, so... I originally started writing when I was like really little, maybe six or seven. Um, I would write poems uh, because I didn't know how to express myself or I didn't feel like I had someone to express myself to. And so that just kind of happened that way. So I started writing um, poems when I was little and that kind of it came from there.
1: And do you kind of think it's like an outlet?
2: Yes, it is an outlet. Um, I use it a lot to, uh, my love for it is because, um, there's a piece that comes from writing that I feel when I write um, kind of like journaling, it's like journaling. Um, specifically I write mostly worship music, okay. uh, because it is, I feel a lot, I feel very peaceful while writing, um, also while worshiping to my songs or other songs. And I, uh, crave that piece. Did you like writing in high school? Yeah, I I've always been um, intrigued by words. I the the way to say something, how you can say it differently, how you put them together. Um, I've just always that has been a strong point for me in life is just playing with words. Um, So, yeah, I, I do feel like that was a strong point for me in high school, too.
0: <clears throat> what goes into, like, writing a song? Like, how do you decide the words, and, like, how do you figure out, like, the tune and, like, everything that, like, goes on, like, behind the scenes?
2: There are many different um processes that you can do to write a song. Um, the majority of the time, I write collaboratively, so... What, you know, it's three-ish people um, in a room or through Zoom or um, we email back and forth or text back and forth with things. Sometimes we start, it, every single ride is different. Every single song is different. How do
1: you meet those people? Like, how do you decide, I mean, because I mean, like, are they people that you meet at church? Are they people that I know that you've gone to like some conventions and mm-hmm. things like that before. So how do you meet other people and decide, hey, I want to write a song
2: with you? The majority of the people that I write with, I met through writing and worship. So though that is a very special community to me. Um, is that like a website? Yeah. I mean, you can definitely go uh, to, I would have to look it up. Oh, like writing well, but it's a, it's
1: a website where you go to like. Network.
2: Mm, yeah. Well. well oh. Yeah. Um. Well, it's a community. Okay. So, like, we. I mean, we. We have a Facebook page. We have, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Um, it is run by Christy and Eric Nordoff. Uh, they Christy has a book, um, that you can purchase uh, to help with to sh- help you sh- learn how to write, um, worship songs. That community is uh, the majority of the people I write with have come from there, us uh, connecting through there. They have mentorship programs, which I've been through, so I meet people through those. Um, We have uh, conventions. We have just different things, or I I shouldn't say conventions, um, conferences that we have. Um, Sometimes we are paired up during the conference, and that's how you meet people. Most of the time, I build relationships with people through the community, um, specifically during our conferences. And then we ask each other to write together. We'll put things together just because we are in relationship with each other. So So,
1: like, that's probably one of those things that you can consistently learn and grow on. Like, it's not something like you hit a plateau and you're just great at it and you're always great at it. So like, what are some of the skills that like in the mentor programs, like that they, they teach you and work on with you?
2: The main thing that I love about writing and worship is because there are many, many things out there that you can do. A lot of them are very helpful. I've been a part of other ones, but for them and for me going through their um, processes and their tools that they give you is it's all about your heart, your heart being right and your heart, you coming from the right place, you um, writing from the right place, treating people well, During the process, it's not just you definitely learn about how to write better, but how you treat people is far more important, more important. Um, And so I gravitate to that. Um, And so the mentorship. Yeah. So we write a lot. A lot of people in the mentorship that I was a part of, they had never written a song before. So you can literally be like I've never written a song before and go through the mentorship and you're going to get a lot of really great information. Um, the mentors are great. They're very encouraging. They're always there to help you. Um, and it, it's just a really good thing to go through if it's something that you want to do. Um, I will say, though, like if you are just interested in I want to write a hit song and, it, you know, th- that's not the best place for you because they will teach you how to write better but your heart has to be right. And they're going to talk about that at length and they practice it out. It's not just something they talk about, but in everything Mm -hmm. they do, it is, um, it comes back to your heart.
1: Well, and if you think about it, most songs that are hits, whether it be worship songs or country songs or pop songs, they're songs that we can relate with. So those people had to write because they had those experiences. And of course, I mean, part of the funny thing that like I told Brooklyn and even my dad, I think, told her like as she started like dating and getting heartbroken, my dad was like, why do you think all these songs are about love and heartbreak? Because everybody's been through it. So I can totally see where if your heart's not in the
2: right place when you're writing these songs, it's not going to be good. You're not going to connect well. I mean, there are songs out there that are hits that didn't necessarily come from the heart, you know, so it's not like it can't happen. Uh, however, this specific community, that's just not what they're about. And awesome. so for me, that's what I gravitate to.
0: So this community like wants you to be successful because of like your heart.
2: Yeah, I think that um, I don't want to speak for them, but being having been a part of it for a long time and mm-hmm. I I do, I will say that they champion songwriters mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that Christy, who is the one of the co-creators of the community, what she always says, uh, she tells the story of when she came to Nashville and she wanted to be a songwriter and there wasn't anyone to mentor her. And so she prayed for a long time. I think she said 15 years um, for someone to help her because she didn't know what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the first step? Do I What do I do? And um, one day she said she felt God told her to be what you need. And so she started this program. help people and that is her heart behind it that is her husband Eric's heart behind it Um, I've been very blessed to have them and other people and just the culture that they've created that is what everyone does everyone champions each other Mm -hmm. um, so we do help each other in that way Uh, and and there isn't a lot of mentorish type things out there that now there are way more things than there were when she created this uh, but her heart behind it is spirit led.
1: Whenever you're writing a song,
2: how do you
1: like start to put the tune? Like, I guess like if I was to write a song, I feel like it would sound like another song that I've heard. Like, how do you kind of make it become a new song you're own? How do you own? make
0: it your own? <laughs> I was finishing your thought Thank for you. you. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, one, another thing that Chrissy talks about a lot is that um, there is a place for new music and new songs. Um, that's one of the huge benefits to writing collaboratively is that you bring what you are good at and then others bring what they are good at. And so for me, I, my strengths are, um, bringing fresh ideas, um, ideas for the songs, or sometimes I'll have, you know, a chorus written or a, bridge written or something like that. Um, Usually I write with people who their strengths are melody. And so they hear melody stronger than I do. I sometimes do hear it as well and have that too. Um, So, I mean, to ask where it comes from, I don't know. I will say that it is hard to do, Brooklyn, what you're saying, what you're asking, because when I first started writing, how I would write would be I would take melody from a song that I already knew and I would write to it so for me I was trying to sharpen my you know writing the lyric skills by doing that um so you do have to be careful because you I mean you don't want to steal someone else's stuff you know and if you do you want to do it, write by it and sample it and give them credit for that.
1: So it could take a village kind of of people with different strengths. Oh, yeah. To get that
2: together. Mm-hmm. I mean, and songs take a long time sometimes. Sometimes you can write, you know, a whole song in, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Sometimes I have one song right now that me and it's it was only two of us, me and a producer, we have been working on for two years. And we have two demos for it. Both of them are really good, but we still feel like it needs work. And so we're still working on it. Do you ever
1: just scrap something and be like, we've worked on this and it's just not going anywhere. Let's just
2: scrap it and start over. um, I don't like to scrap it and, and totally throw it in the trash. Um, I think most songwriters, if not all songwriters will tell you, we have tons of ideas and stuff just sitting out and everywhere um, ready. So I think if there are ideas not used or something's not working, it's fine. Put it to the side. Maybe you'll come back to it. Maybe you won't, but I don't, think you should ever throw it in the trash, you never know. I mean, unless it's really bad, (laughs) which does happen. Like sometimes you, you know, you get inspired and you write something and it's, you think it's great. And then the next day you look at it kind of with your editing hat on and not your inspiration hat on. You're like, okay, that, that wasn't that good. Sam, what (laughs) inspires you
0: to write your songs?
2: Uh, for me, I, it is the, just the craving of peace. Kind of what I spoke about earlier. I, crave, um, just having that peace. And I struggle with anxiety and a lot of my songs come from that come from me seeking God and, uh, help helping myself just to focus on him. And a lot comes from that a lot of times. Um, and to just be encouraging to other people to know that you can, you don't have to stay in that place, that there is help, that there is someone who created you and loves you and wants to be there for you. And that, your heart can change. Um, so I just, I, that, that is where my inspiration comes from mostly and and through my own struggles in life.
0: So after you write these songs, like what do you do next with them? Like there are demos, but eventually like once that demo is like, does it get picked up by somebody? And then like, how does that process work?
2: Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, again, where every song is different, uh, that it applies to that area too. Um, if I'm writing a song with an artist um, and the artist likes the song, then they will record it and you know pick it up, as you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they have the intention of picking it up and they'll record it and then it, it never gets released. That happens a lot. Um, sometimes... Um, We do demos and people hear them and may like them. Um, I haven't had a lot of success with that. And so Mm -hmm. I try not to focus on that because that gets discouraging for me personally. I don't want to focus on that as much as the writing part. Mm -hmm. So, and I, you know, yeah.
1: What do you love most? I mean, I know you've kind of mentioned like, I do it for peace. I do it because I like it. But like, what is about it that you just love?
2: When, it's, when a song is finished, it's really cool. Because it's like when we started this, we didn't have anything. And then when we finished, like we actually have a song and we're like worshiping God and honoring God with us. So that is pretty cool to me, like when it's finished. And um, that it's like, I don't know, it's a tangible thing in front of you.
1: How long does it usually take? I mean, I know that's probably not a great question to ask, but like could you write a song in a day?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. But it could take... Years, yeah. I mean, it. You can, you can. There are many, many hit songs out there that um, took fifteen minutes to write, and there are many songs out there that took, you know, twenty years to write. So, I mean, it's it really just depends on the song and and what's going on with it.
0: What has been your favorite
2: part about the whole songwriting process so far? Just doing it. I think just knowing I can do it because I really struggled for a long time thinking there's no place for me Mm -hmm. to figure this out
1: for the years that I've known you you recently really have kind of embraced this and gotten some confidence so I'm very proud of you for that because Mm -hmm. I know it's something that you love but I also know that as Christians we sometimes feel unworthy but you have really kind of embraced this and I know that it's a love of yours so I just wanted to tell you I was proud of you for doing that because Mm -hmm. I know years ago when I met you you didn't, you were very hesitant, I should say, to jump in and kind of start to do this. So I think it's, I think it's cool that anybody can take something and embrace it and move forward with something that they love like that.
2: Thank you. Um, Yeah, I definitely had my struggles. I, you know, I, it's a struggle for me with the imposter syndrome constantly. Sometimes it's it's stronger than other times. Um, And there was a point in time when I just wanted God to take the desire away from me. I was just like, if this is not what you want me to do, just please take it, take the desire away from me because I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. And within that struggle, um, someone spoke life into me, and God has used many people over the way, along the way, to speak life into me about this. Um, most of them have come out of the writing worship community. It, it's some one, one time, like she didn't even know me, and she you know, spoke that into me, but this particular, what really turned it was one day I was just having a bad day. And most of the time when I'm having a rough time, you can see it on my face and people just want to avoid talking to me, which is fine with me at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I just wasn't in a good, I was just having a moment with it. And, um, he doesn't work there anymore, but Rob West on our production team, um, saw me in the hallway and instead of, acting like he didn't see me like most people were doing and I don't blame them at all. I I was not approachable. Uh, I did not seem approachable, but he came over and he was just like, what's the issue? Like, what's the matter? And so I was telling him and he said, you know, I I write songs too. And I was just shocked. I was like, really? You write songs too? And he's like, yeah. He said, what are you, what are you trying to do? And I was like, I just want, if God wants me to do this, you know, give me some direction. If not, then take the desire from me. Like, I don't want to do it if this is not what he wants and so he said, well, let's talk a little bit more about it. My very first song that was ever finished, Rob and I wrote together. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. So, and just through the way, I mean, even a few years ago at the, I think it was the last writing and worship conference we had. I was Again, I was struggling with it. Should I continue doing this? You know, and I'm just around so many talented people all the time. And so I do feel unworthy at times. I just, you know, but God has consistently told me, I'm not asking you to feed the 5,000. I'm asking you to bring your loaves and fish. Um, If you watch The Chosen, you've heard them say that a lot of times on that TV show. And that is something that the Lord has continuously told me. Like, he's not asking me to be the best at everything, which is my nature. I need to learn how to do this better. I need to learn how to do that better. And he's like, I'm giving you this, and this is what I want you to do. And so at our last conference, he really kind of drilled that to me. And let me know that this is what I'm supposed to do. Whether, I don't know what will come from it. Um, I can't um, measure the success of it on who picks up what or sales or any of that. I just I just know this is what he wants me to do right now. So that's just what I'm doing That's really do. cool. Yeah.
1: So if you were to give any advice to somebody who's kind of on the fence like you were for a while of, I kind of want to do it, I don't really know. What advice would you give that person?
2: If you're looking to write worship music, I would say, first and foremost, pray about it and ask God to be, give you a clear um, direction, should you or should you not. And, and if you should, if he's saying to move forward with it, then um, I mean, I would definitely suggest writing in worship. We have many, many people in our community that are all across the country, some overseas. Um, so it is a really and great that's on resource. Facebook. Right? It's on Facebook. I mean, you you know, Chrissy's book is on Amazon. Uh, writing and worship. There, I mean, there are many many different ways to find them uh, around. So um, if you, I mean, you can Google writing and worship. You can Google Chrissy Nordoff, Eric Nordoff. You'll find them. So
1: so we're gonna get deep for a minute. Okay. So you were talking about um, a couple of minutes ago. Uh, people speaking the truth into you and speaking to you mm-hmm. and seeing you. So. Um, you are probably one of the first women I have had in my life. And granted, I've grown up in a Christian family. I've grown up with Christian friends. Um, And, you know, I've had people, you know, remind me, God's got this. But you have probably been the first person to give me the, sometimes the harsh truth. (laughs) Um, And tell me, you know, um, you've got this. Like the the enemy is trying to grasp at you right now and sent Bible verses to me and like, I think you and I have even said sometimes, like, how in the world did you know that's exactly what I needed at that moment? Um, And I just want to put this out there for our listeners of a reminder of to put strong women of faith in your life and or men. I mean, I know we got some guy listeners, too, but um, I guess I didn't realize that when I was younger, is that how important it is to have those people that when you start to crumble and fall, that they notice and they see you kind of as you mentioned, Rob, people notice that and can take you and pick you up and tend to give you those right words. Um, So I just want to tell you thank you. I'm like I'm getting kind of emotional here, but I want to tell you thank you because you have been that person that like I always am like if I need a prayer warrior, like I know God's listening to Sam. (laughs) She's the first one I'm going to go to and be like, Hey, listening
2: to you too.
1: Oh, I know, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's just there's some people that have a strong prayer game. Um, You and Rico have always you know just been there for me in Brooklyn, and I just want to thank you for that friendship. I just want to say I'm blessed to have people like you um, not just to guide me to, but to help me give guidance, you know, and as being a parent. Um, but just a reminder to our listeners to put those strong people around you. Um, it's very important um, for teenagers. It's very important when we're in our mid forties um, that, and I just wanted to thank you for coming on our show today and sharing. Um, I know you have to be a little bit vulnerable here on our, our podcast. I mean, sharing for me. <laughs> yeah. and sharing your life and what you love. And so I appreciate you kind of getting out of your comfort level for that.
2: Well, thank you for having me. And, you know, I appreciate you, too. I value your friendship, too.
1: We have some fun. We, we, get, we get into our own trouble, don't we? We do. We but try to be so good and no we matter what. Have
2: fun trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: So, Sam, what is your most interesting song that you've written? Or weird. Doesn't really matter. Funny, weird, interesting.
2: Uh, The weirdest is definitely um, I was having an intense chocolate craving one day Mm -hmm. and I wrote a song called Ode to Chocolate.
1: (laughs) Off the top of your head, do you remember any of the lyrics?
2: (laughs) I have them somewhere. (laughs)
1: Episode part two of (laughs) Samantha Clark will be her singing Ode to Ode to to Chocolate. Brooklyn, if you were to have to write a song, what would it be about?
0: If I were to write a song, I think I would make my song about... Mm, That's kind of hard. Probably like a heartbreak. If I were to write a song, I'd probably write it about like chasing your dreams or
2: something like that. I don't know. I've never really thought about that. What is each of your favorite songs? Like, what is your all time favorite song? Hangin' Tough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it can be that. No,
0: it's not. Okay. I don't know. I listen. I listen to too much music. So, like, I could name about 17 songs that are, like, my top tier.
2: What are your top three? Off the top of your head. My top
0: three. Um i i don't know who the artist is but it's called daylight it's really good and i love um shoot this is hard my playlist consists of like 30 hours worth of music like you scroll for forever so i have a lot of songs in there that I love. What about you, Heather?
1: One of mine is um "Find Out Who Your Friends Are" by Tracy.
0: Find out who your friends are. Well, I mean,
1: because it's so tr- <laughs> it's so true. Because we all somebody's gonna drop in. Don't bash. I mean, don't just wreck your song here.
2: I think she was just feeling it.
0: Well, I I don't know the rest of the words, so I kind of can't. Okay. Um, I get think again <laughs> fancy stop and thing. what's in it for me is this way too far
1: I think because we've all been through up. stuff that we have always needed certain people and I think we know there's certain people we can always depend on and I think that's why I like that song is because you know there are times that you find out really who your friends are you mm-hmm. know you go through different things and people that you thought were going to be there aren't and people are, that you never thought would show up, show up. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, that's probably one of my favorites. Um Hanging tough. I mean, a new, kids cl- a, new, a new kid's song has to be in there yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one would be my favorite. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, one has to go
0: on there. I'm just not a new kid's fan. Um, I just listen to too much music. I really don't know. Boot scooting boogie. That is not one of them. Cadillac blackjack. Come on, baby, let's go. Boots scootin'. This is
1: turning into a concert, <laughs> ladies I love and it. gentlemen. So
0: Get down, turn around, <laughs> jump around. Boots scootin'. Dosey do. Not the words. That's not even. The words. Here we go. Dosey do. That's my okay. favorite part. <laughs> Because Dosie Do's are Girl Scout cookies too.
2: Oh, <laughs> she found that double meaning. Um,
0: I think that's kind of all. That,
2: a number uh, three. I, ha- I
1: have to have some more. <sighs> a song I used to really love. It's not probably one of my favorites, but you probably remember Don't it. Don't
0: speak. <laughs> oh, spider webs. No, 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 Walking through the spider webs. Leave a message da, and I'll call you back. back. Da, 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 da.
1: Friends by Michael W. Smith. Do you remember that song? How's it go?
0: Oh no. <laughs> friends, <laughs> and friends forever. Oh. The Lord's a Lord of mm-hmm. men.
1: I can't That's an sing. oldie. Yeah. Yeah. That was from high school, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I loved that song. Mm-hmm. We just don't hear that song No. a lot. Yeah. Oh,
0: bless I don't know, Sam. That's a really hard question. What are
1: yours? Look, we turned it on or you just your <laughs> expression. <laughs>
2: i know my, my one i have one song that trumps all the other ones that just because of a lot of things but it is called come as you are by david crowder that is my all-time favorite song
1: i don't know how that goes yeah no. i won't make you sing it thank you i'll look it up after <laughs>
2: afterwards i have a very sore throat and i can't do that to that song
0: who your friends are. Well, now I'm going to have
1: to think about my favorite songs. Like, I couldn't even think... Somebody asked me the other day my favorite movie. I couldn't even think of my
0: favorite 10 movie. Things I Hate About You.
2: The thing... The reason I like those questions is because it tells you a, a little bit about the person. Yeah. So, like, that... What's the song called? The Find Out Who Your Friends uh-huh, Are? Friends. That meant something to you. Uh-huh. So, that's telling to me about things that might have happened to you and... So on and so forth You know you mentioned Two songs about
0: friends mm-hmm. One was named friends And then the other one Was you find out Who your friends are Well maybe I need more friends Maybe you're or maybe a very have Friend, friend oriented person I
1: am a friend oriented person Well last I checked There wasn't a rap song Written about being A single mother
0: Shake what your mama gave you <laughs> <laughs> Drop
2: it like it's hot Drop oh it my like
0: God. it's hot I'm so proud
2: i think we should just let brooklyn go like just start throwing stuff at her and let her go with this
1: <laughs> obviously she thinks this is a concert hour
0: <laughs> i mean we're talking about singing songwriting that is true
1: we are but right. i don't think I mean, all drop I ha- it like it's hot would be on my top list of song written songs
0: no it would be <laughs> <laughs> okay you gotta take it away from me
1: okay anything else
2: that's hilarious. I don't think I it's that funny. It. I know, me too. I want to hear
0: this ode to chocolate.
2: I can speak it in poem form. I didn't have a melody to it. So it's basically just a poem. But I can speak the poem in with a... Like right now? No. Oh. I don't know where it is. It's in a box somewhere, I think. <laughs> I don't... I, I like you smooth. I like you
0: silky. <laughs> I like you full of nuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> mm. me me and mom had some chocolate the other day from dollar general and it was so good it was from Swi- switzerland okay it was really yummy hey no no i had a question i was gonna ask it That's was why
1: three I- for a dollar at the dollar
0: general okay <laughs> anyways samantha how long have you like been doing songwriting singing songwriting like when did you like start to get into it
2: well that first song that I wrote with Rob I think that was 2013. And that was like the first time like you really felt. I was like okay yeah when I got that finished song I told him I said this this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So um, so I mean I guess 10 years. Wow. Yeah.
0: Go ahead mom. That was
1: a good question. Brooklyn we're going to close it out. Brooklyn's got a story for us. So,
0: Brooklyn you want to read that story to us? So my good news story for the week is a pair of the world's rarest and most adorable piglets are born in a UK zoo. So I don't really want to butcher the name of this, but it says that they're known as the Visayan warty piglets. It's one of the rarest breeds of pig in the world, and there are about 200 left of them in the wilds of the
2: Philippines. Why are they different from normal piglets? Like, do they look different?
0: Yeah, they kind of look like tiny deers. Oh. Aw. I know, they're cute. Yeah. But yeah, they were born in a... They look kind of like an anteater. They're pigs.
1: I'm just saying what they look like.
0: The pair of pigs is the second successful litter born in Nukwe Zoo following the birth of their older siblings. (laughs) Kevin Bacon and (laughs) Amy Swinehouse. Oh, no, that was so funny. I wonder what their names are. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, well, anyways, the species are just called, like, warty pigs. But, yeah, that's my my good news for the week.
1: Okay, well, thank you. (laughs) Hope Kevin and... Amy, here, doing swell. All right. Thanks, Brooklyn, for the good news story. Sam, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Um, we'll have to think of a reason to have you on again. Okay. I know um, as a sneak peek, Sam's daughter, Catherine, will be coming on to talk about an egg project. That's all I'll say about that. And that her husband will come on to give um, some dating advice. Um, to me in Brooklyn, so that should be
0: that should be interesting, which is very needed <laughs> on my side. But will we take the advice? If it's Rico,
1: yeah, probably. oh I love it. All right, guys, thanks so much. Be sure to listen to our uh, episode coming next Wednesday, and have a good week. And don't forget, girls, girls are players, players too. too.
0: Bye, guys.